and welcome to Weekend Watchlist, a look at what's screening and streaming brought to you by The Letterboxd Show. I'm Mia. He's Slim. Hello. And together, we are going to dig through what's dropping this weekend, last weekend, recent trends on Letterboxd, and we will also take a peek at our own watch lists, all under 30 minutes or your money back. Mia, the people have downloaded this episode to learn what to watch this weekend, and maybe they're tuning in just to hear our Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 thoughts. Maybe. But we'll also be talking about what's love got to do with it, Chile 76, One Ranger, our community ratings and reviews from the past week tagged weekend watch lists. And as always, we'll shuffle our watch lists together forever. Forever and ever 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 and ever. Right, Slim? <laughs> That's right. Exactly what I was thinking. Exactly. But for now, we got to we gotta check in with that little raccoon, right? <laughs> little talking raccoon guy, Rocket. He is the star of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, directed by James Gunn and on 129,000 watch lists. This is coming out wide in theaters, of course, and it follows Peter Quill, still reeling from the loss of Gamora. He must rally his team around him to defend the universe along with protecting one of their own. Not Rocket Raccoon, I think. A mission that, if not completed successfully, could quite possibly lead to the end of the Guardians as we know them. (gasps) (gasps) You're jacked for this, right? Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, you're in line. You're recording from the line at some kind of fancy Mm -hmm. theater in L.A.? Is that what's happening? It's all for that raccoon. I'm telling you. I am telling you. I have not seen any of these movies, Mm -hmm. but I know about the raccoon, and I know he's voiced by Bradley Cooper. And what's more, I know he's really cute. So I'm rooting for that raccoon. But Slim, you are you are more you're, this is this is more your speed, right? This type of right. movie. So right. why don't why don't I just throw it to you cuz all I can talk about is that little raccoon. That little raccoon. I'm not sure how to take this is more your speed, Slim, but I'm just going to let it happen. I'm going to take it as a compliment. Uh so I'm seeing this as a recording this is Wednesday. I'm seeing it tonight with my son. But some backstory, yes, I did grow up a comic fan. So yes, you were right to say this is more my speed. And when they announced the first Guardians movie, I was like, who cares? These comics stink. Um, because they're not, it's not a popular comic book, Guardians of the Galaxy, like a mainstream nerdery. And then it came out and it was great and it made a lot of money. And that's when I felt like Marvel was sort of untouchable when they were able to make that. It's not to say that they're still untouchable, FYI. Um, but I haven't been keeping up with anything like TV show related for Marvel with Disney Plus. So I'm sort of out of the loop in the movies. I haven't even seen Doctor Strange or Ant-Man 3. Um, and I felt out of the loop when I saw Wakanda Forever. Like there was characters in that movie that I felt like it, if you didn't watch the TV shows, you're you're kind of out of the loop. So I'm hopefully, hoping that like James and I can just sit and enjoy this movie without feeling the need to watch anything extra. Do you think people will be confused when you say James and think you're talking about James Gunn? <laughs> Me and James Gunn in theater. <laughs> no, my son, my son James. Uh, I don't even think he remembers what has happened in the previous episode, uh, previous movies. Well, I'm a, I'm ahead of you guys because I saw Ant-Man 3, lest we forget. That's right. Well, we have some reviews to help us out, including one from Tyler. A CGI raccoon just made me ball my eyes out. This is good news for me, who is Team Rocket. <laughs> that is like literally the only line you would need to be excited about this movie, I think. 
So Matt Singer also left a review who we had on Four Faves a uh, year in review, I think the year before last, and is also a resident comic expert. So he talked a little bit about how Rocket was not that popular in the comics, which I also thought was fascinating. Um, but James Gunn, the director, saw something in him. So he writes in his review, he seemed to be recognizing something in Rocket that few others saw. And over the course of his three movies, he has turned this foul-mouthed creature from also ran to scene stealer to one of the most to one of Marvel's most soulful heroes with a backstory so tragic, he makes Peter Parker seem like a lightweight. So what? very, very high praise from, wow. from folks that have seen this movie so far. I love my trauma raccoon. <laughs> hashtag, if you're seeing Guardians 3, hashtag trauma raccoon, and we'll, we'll search <laughs> that tag. trauma raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, emotional support raccoon. Yeah. <laughs> so next on our list is What's Love Got to Do With It from Shakar Kapoor, and that's in theaters as well. And the synopsis reads, two childhood friends now in their 30s must decide whether to follow their heads or their hearts <gasps> once the man decides to follow his parents' advice and enter into an arranged marriage in Pakistan. Dun-dun-dun. Uh, arranged I... marriages, yes or no, Mia? Oh, that's a big question, Slim. <laughs> I'm going to have to say... No. <laughs> wow, bold if I really, take. I have to, uh, yeah, I know. It's kind of a bold take for me. Not mm -hmm. so much. I would rather not do that, but I respect all cultures. Nobody cancel me for being anti-arranged marriage, please. If you want to cancel but, me, um, use hashtag trauma raccoon trauma on Twitter and we'll search that hashtag. <laughs> oh, oh, but I, I do love a movie where people have to choose between their heads or their hearts. I think that is mm -hmm. a timeless conflict. Um, I also love a movie starring Lily James. She is the lead in this film. Um, and Emma Thompson co-stars, by the way, I would oh. also like to add. Yes, okay. yes, yes. She is also in the film. And uh, the director, Shikhar Kapoor, also directed Elizabeth, 1998, starring Kate Blanchett. So it's a it's a pretty cool lineup. And then I also think, in addition to movies about choosing between the head and the heart, it's cool to see films about British-Pakistani relations and romance, like um, like My Beautiful Laundrette. Uh, mm -hmm. So I'm I'm always rooting for a rom com. At the end of the day, I always want them to do well, no matter what. Are we living in the rom comissance? Not quite yet. No, 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 no. What's it going to take? What's what's the what's the one sign where you will be like, yes, it's back? Hugh Grant. <laughs> <laughs> we need uh, we needed this generation's Hugh Grant. Once we have that, it's back. And also, once we start casting leads that actually have chemistry, um, it will be back mm, as well. Okay. So we have some ways to go, but Slim. This is a step in the right direction towards the rom commissance that society so desperately needs. Right. People are yearning between their hearts and their heads. They're yearning <laughs> for it. Uh, CB left a review. I'd be lying if I said I didn't watch this just for Lily James. And she did deliver. The story was surprisingly interesting, but I saw the ending coming a mile off. A bit of humor and a lot of heart. Worth a watch. And Yasmin said... When I tell you the white audience in my cinema ate Miss Thompson up. <laughs> it was their end game when Emma Thompson appeared on screen. <laughs> I think she has bangs in this movie too. Or no. should I say fringe? <laughs> that was me with that accent. The cancellations continue. <laughs> I'm being anglophobic. Ooh, okay, what do we have next? We have Chile 76, directed by Manuela Martelli. This is coming out in theaters, and here's the synopsis. Chile, 1976. Who'd have thunk? 
<laughs> Carmen heads off to her beach house. When the family priest asks her to take care of a young man he is sheltering in secret, Carmen steps onto unexplored territories away from the quiet life she is used to. Very tense. Very tense. A bit of a bit of context. Manuela Martelli is an actress and director. So this is her feature debut. And it also stars Aline Kupenheim, who is in A Fantastic Woman, which is a fantastic film. And this film played at Cannes last year. Cannes Army Rise Up. I have seen A Fantastic Woman, and I, I think I had forgotten that she was in it. So I watched the trailer to this movie. It does look, it looks gorgeous. It looks tense. It's very 70s, but um, I thought it definitely made me feel anxious just even watching the trailer about her being stuck in this environment, almost protecting this uh, person in secret and those around her and the, the politics of it kind of waiting to implode. So this one looks pretty good. Yes, we have, we have a couple of reviews. Uh, Celia says... A slow burn. Aline Kupenheim's performance as Carmen is really understated and nuanced and good. Special shout out to the soundtrack. It's really unsettling, which works really well with the story. Going to read up on Chilean history now. Yes. Mission accomplished. Mm -hmm. Get that Britannica out. Next on our list, directed by Jesse V. Johnson, One Ranger. I had to spotlight this one. I I, I needed to. I would die if I didn't. This is going to be in theaters and video on demand. So just get a load of this synopsis. London is about to get a taste of Texas. A Texas Ranger is recruited by British intelligence to track down a dangerous terrorist and stop him from attacking London. So we have Thomas Jane and John Malkovich in this movie. Do you believe Thomas Jane is a Texas Ranger? I I was going to ask you, Slim, let's say somebody doesn't know about the stylings of Thomas Jane. Could you enlighten us? I mean, he played the Punisher. He was <laughs> he played the Punisher. He was also on Boogie Nights, Magnolia, what? The Mist, Thin Red Line, Face Off. Uh, he's been in a lot of bangers. Dreamcatcher. I'm not sure if that's a banger. I remember being excited about that when I was a kid, but he's been out and about. I've seen his butt in more movies than I care to count. Oh, so that's why he's in Boogie Nights. Okay, okay. It's all adding up. It's all adding up. It could have been his acting talent. Could have been his acting talent as <laughs> you're well. You're right. You're right. You're right. I shouldn't. God, I'm really getting canceled on this, this episode. This is a. <laughs> so this falls into the Pope's Exorcist realm of Weekend Watchlist where, you know, there's a certain contingent that might be really excited for this movie. So I just needed to spotlight it real quick. We'll see how it actually is. Yeah, in a few weeks. You know, the saying goes, one for Slim, one for Mia. So now <laughs> I I got a spotlight. <laughs> I got a spotlight, Love Again, directed Ooh. by Jim Strauss, which is coming out in theaters. And um, here's the wacky synopsis. Mira Ray, dealing with the loss of her fiancé, sends a series of romantic texts to his old cell phone number not realizing the number was reassigned to Rob Burns' new work phone. A journalist, Rob, is captivated by the honesty in the beautifully confessional texts. When he's assigned to write a profile of megastar Celine Dion, he enlists her help in figuring out how to meet Mira in person and win her heart. What? It is coming out in theaters. Um, This is kind of like, this is my version of One Ranger, where it's just (laughs) a very, very silly... Silly genre picture. Celine Dion is in this? Does she write any music for this movie? Yes, she did. And she also seems to have a central role as herself. 
Oh my um, gosh. And then Nick Jonas also has a cameo because his wife, <laughs> Priyanka Chopra Jonas, stars. Um, and, you know, as I said before, I will support any rom-com, no matter how silly the log line. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so we haven't spotlighted video-on-demand releases in a little bit, but there was a lot that has come out and or will be out this weekend. So Dungeons & Dragons is coming out on video-on-demand. How to Blow Up a Pipeline, which we just spotlighted recently. We all enjoyed that one. The Pope's Exorcist will also be VOD. Uh, and You Can Live Forever dropped recently, which I was lucky enough to watch an advanced screener of. I had a great time watching that one. Have you seen You Can Live Forever yet? I have not. Can you enlighten us once again? When Jamie, a gay teenager, is sent to live in a community of Jehovah's Witnesses in small-town Quebec, she falls madly in love with a devout witness girl. The two embark on an intense affair with consequences that will reshape the rest of their lives. No, I— Oh, I hate when there are consequences, uh, especially for gay people. I was pretty taken by this. Uh, had a great score. It was, I thought it was beautiful. 3.8 right now on Letterboxd. Ooh. Great poster too. So um, people want to give that a shot. It's going to be out and about this weekend. And now it's time to take a look back at the previous week. Let's see how the movies that came out last weekend fared. Uh, what our community is saying, and remember, if you want your review or list potentially featured on an upcoming episode of Weekend Watchlist, just add the tag, hashtag Weekend Watchlist. So first up, we have, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret, at a 4.0 average. Look at her go. Go, yeah, Margaret, go. Um, so I got to see this movie with letterboxed fave Demi Adijuibe. Look out. Um, and here is his review. Unbelievably charming, an instant coming-of-age classic as far as I'm concerned. Kathy Bates and Rachel McAdams are so damn good in this. Embarrassed to admit I never read this book and therefore did not realize how much of it was about a child discovering religion. Got excited thinking, all right, Kelly Freeman Craig is going to tell us which religion is the right one. <laughs> it was fun. I, I really, really enjoyed this movie. Um, I saw it with, with a bunch of a bunch of buddies of varying genders. And afterwards, we all talked about periods, um, which I think is really lovely because you don't really talk about that stuff. Mm -hmm. And we all right. kind of discussed our experiences with them and like shared and like the the boys were like asking questions about about it, but in a, oh. in a respectful way, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just think it's really nice that the movie opened up that sort of dialogue. It's not, it's not a usual conversation. People grow up not realizing that those conversations are normal. So mm -hmm. props to Are You There, God. I had a great time too with that movie. Peter Pan and Wendy dropped last week. The review's not quite as high, the rating, uh, but Brenda did leave a review. As a kid, I used to watch the recorded 1960 Broadway version of Peter Pan and Spielberg's hook on repeat. This new adaptation of a story I've long loved did exactly what it should. It made me feel like a kid again, while also reminding me why the scary parts of growing up are worth braving. The story updates were thoughtful and smart, and I'm pretty sure Kid Me would have loved this version too. So my my group of friends, 3.5 average from them on Peter mm. Pan and Wendy on Disney+. Plus. If I had watched this as a kid, I would have imprinted really hard on the Jude Law hook, I think. <laughs> would anything have changed with your upbringing if Jude Law was that early on? I feel like you would have ended up in the same place you are now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're you're right, but I might have more of a thing for pirates. That's true. as of now I have I feel nothing for them, but that yeah. could have been different. Uh -huh, <laughs> Interesting. Uh -huh. Um shall we take a look at the Letterbox Top 50 of 2023? 
Absolutely. Jack uh, has updated the list. This is week to week. He lets us know what movies have been added. These are the highest rated movies that have been released this year. So if you're looking to see what could be buzzworthy for the for the rest of the year and maybe even an award season, this list is the place to do it. We'll have a link to it in the episode notes. Guardians 3 crash lands at 3. Jack oh. writes, after some advanced fan screenings, knocking John Wick Chapter 4 back to 4. This places what? it currently as the highest rated MCU movie overall and is already considered, perhaps, the true send-off to the Infinity Saga after Endgame and No Way Home. But we all know how these movies peak during the first wave of excitement. It always settles, says Jack. So there you have it. Creed 3, out. Dungeons and Dragons, out. Evil Dead Rise, Bo is Afraid, out. Out. They're over. They're finished. They're in, it's over. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. It is true about the Marvel movies. I I think No Way Home was the most like recognizable one because remember No Way Home dropped right before a year in review, so it was like the number one rated movie of the year because everyone was losing their minds in No Way Home for some reason. Um. So we'll see how this average nets out over time. Uh, but we should head to our watch lists. Might be time. I think it's time to go to our watch list every week. We shuffle our own watch list to try to get some movies off that watch list, make some moves. And when last you were on the show, you shuffled and got bold Durham with Kevin Costner and Susan Sarandon. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Susan Sarandon and Tim Robbins, her future husband. Um, so let me let me tell y'all about Bull Durham. But first, I also want to say that I also crossed two more movies off my watch list, not to brag, but I did see <laughs> Ingmar Bergman's Through a Glass Darkly, as well as Whoa. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. <gasps> so yeah, I've got the range. No big deal. Oh my gosh. Is that the one um, with McConaughey is like the mm-hmm. marketer jeweler? Yes. He, yes. Oh my God, what a movie. I'd never seen it, if you can believe. So yeah, it was part of my rom-com, my rom-com scholarship. But um, <laughs> but Bull Durham, that's what we're here to talk about. Yes. So nobody told me how sexy this movie is. It is all about sex rather than baseball. Well, no, it's about both of them. It's about how baseball is sex. But I would have watched it a lot earlier if I knew it was about this funny, like, polycule romance between mm-hmm. Kevin Cosner, Susan Sarandon, and Tim Robbins. And you cannot convince me, by the way, that Kevin Cosner's character's name isn't Bull Durham. Like, I know it's Crash Davis. They keep saying, like, Crash. You know, I know that that's his name, but his name is Bull Durham. Um, so, wait, who's who's Bull Durham? Nobody is Bull Durham. <laughs> I thought his name was Bull Durham over the years also. I know. I know. No, nobody is Bull Durham. The, te- the baseball team is called the Durham Bulls. Oh, God. But it, it still doesn't make— sense. No, I've never heard the reverse. I don't understand that. No, no, it's not. It's not very clear. Um, And also Tim Robbins character is named Ebby Calvin Nuke Lelouch. Um, Wow, what a name. So their names are Nuke and Crash. There's like nine, there's nine different names in Tim character's name. Ebby Calvin Nuke Lelouch. What on earth? It is bonkers, the naming conventions of this film. I do think Nuke and Crash would be really cute names for kittens, like little <laughs> litter mates. Isn't that cute, uh-huh. Nuke and Crash? Um, but anyway, I, I really, really enjoyed this movie. Kevin Costner has an insane monologue, the I believe in monologue. Um, for those for those who have seen the film, it is one of, 
<laughs> one of the wildest ones I've seen. I don't even want to spoil it, um, but but it's worth it just just for Bull Durham's. I mean, sorry, Crash Davis's <laughs> monologue about what he believes in. One of the things he believes in is, I believe Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. Doesn't he make a movie later? He doesn't he make a he makes a JFK movie after that, doesn't he? Or he, he's it's like the lead uh, investigator. That's that's very odd. So where do you stand on Kevin Costner in general? Are you like a have you seen a ton of his filmography cuz he was like a heartthrob around this time period? I know. I am I am admittedly not super familiar with Kevin Costner's work until I saw Bull Durham and now I'm quite quite interested. <laughs> mm. he, he's, he's very heartthrobby in this movie. He reminded me of um, of um, an amalgam of Dennis Quaid and Bradley Cooper. Oh, interesting. That's pretty well put. Thank you. Thank you very much, Slim. He's <laughs> got a solid filmography. I remember growing up around the Dances with Wolves era. Like, I think my dad and my brother really loved watching that movie. And he also did Waterworld. Waterworld, which I like. Admittedly, I think I like Waterworld. I liked the Universal Studios Waterworld show. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that's my only point of reference for Waterworld, and I it's had a great same. time. It's the same I got thing. splashed. Um, <laughs> but but what did you watch, Slim? Enough about Bull. Enough about Bull Durham's. I watched Neon City. Um, with Michael Ironside. This is one of the patented Slim Watchless editions. It looks like you know, junk, like VHS, direct-to-video, you see this on, on like the video rack for a dollar. Uh, it wasn't good. It made me rethink my entire watch list. I had such a terrible experience with this one. One star. I generally am pretty forgiving of low-budget stuff, but this felt like directionless fluff, like not really a vision for it, at least with like some low-budget. If you get like a director who's, who's kind of like really inspired or really loves the story or fun, like they can make something out of it, but that's not what I got out of this. So I ended up making some big changes to my watch list, full disclosure. I'm now under a hundred movies. I removed a lot. (laughs) I removed a lot of stuff that I either forgot I added. If I didn't like recognize the poster, I just pretty much removed it. So that was, that was my experience with Neon City. It has a great poster that I customized, but big changes from here on out. This could be the new, new me. New watch list, new me this week. It's new me. I think my watch list, I just keep adding stuff. I'm kind of, I have the opposite approach where- What are you at right now? Let me, let me pull it up. Oh, Hold well, on. we have to pull them up anyway, because we're going to have to shuffle, huh? Pulling up your watch list. 264. You're not like that much ahead. No, it's, it could be, it could be a lot more violent, <laughs> the number. <laughs> Uh, so folks are tagging their reviews weekend watch list we love scrolling through there's pages and pages of reviews every week people tagging their reviews Robert watched Contact I had to call out a Contact review love that movie the noises that came out of my mouth when I saw the machine no words absolutely mystified by the look and feel of this and the performances have just the right amount of cheese that's a five star movie Contact IMO I have seen Contact. I enjoyed Contact. What's your rating on Contact by memory? I think I gave it three and a half. That's terrible. Oh, come on. It's not, <laughs> it's not so bad. <laughs> three and a half. That's no, three and a half is fine. the Gemma line. It's the Gemma line. the Gemma line. line. Yeah. I, yes, I gave it three and a half. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Proof. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so there. <laughs> oh, boy. Let's see. Let me, I want to read one. I want to read one now. Read one. Um, 
Ooh, Zach Bowen watched The Rover, A Big Old Slice of Dark, Guy Pierce and Robert Pattinson are outstanding. Oh. Yep, I had to pull that one <laughs> for obvious reasons. Obvious reasons. Emma Hodge watched Knight's Tale. No shame in admitting that every single aspect of this movie from the anachronistic music, Paul Bettany's Oscar-worthy performance, the ungodly amount of hot people, not me gasping when Prince Edward first takes off his cloak, Jocelyn's ridiculous hair to Heath Ledger's golden retriever energy. It's absolutely perfect. A Knight's Tale. What's your A Knight's Tale rating from memory? It is no stars because I haven't seen it. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm admitting it right here. But this review saying that there's a lot of hot people. I think I think you like A Knight's Tale. Yeah, I'm hearing there's a lot of hot people in the movie. It's on Netflix right now. Just FYI. Okay. Okay. Much to think about. Hmm. Um. <laughs> one more. One more review. Just because this one came out recently, and I'm rooting for it. Albertico watched Polite Society. Mm. Sisters meets martial arts meets Scott Pilgrim. So much fun to watch. The cast was amazing. Nimra Bucha played a great villain. The switch in the last third of the movie felt a little jarring to me, uh, which held me back from giving it a 4.5 or 5, but not from enjoying the ish out of the payoff shot. Ooh. Yeah, I want to see that movie. All right, we need to shuffle again. Let's head to our watch lists. You're so right. We are going to filter the service by stream only. How many movies do I have? I only have 36 movies on my watch list that are streaming right now. Oh. And then I'm going to sort by shuffle. And the first movie I get, oh, okay, here we go. Streaming on Canopy and Paramount Plus, The Parallax View. <gasps> Warren Beatty. My God, the amount of five stars in my friends list right now is ridiculous. An ambitious reporter investigating a senator's assassination realizes witnesses to the shooting are systematically dying and discovers a multi-million dollar corporation which serves as a front for the recruitment of political assassins. Famous poster. So I'm excited to watch this. It's also on your watch list. I think that's in my watch list. I was going to say it's in mine too. I would would also like to see it. Uh, Maybe I'll get it when I shuffle. Who who knows? We'll just have to see. Maybe I'll game the system. Um, <laughs> no gaming allowed no, on no, this show. No, no, I'm not gonna. I would never do that ever. Okay, let's see. Let's see. Click. <laughs> you just went cross-eyed. Oh my gosh! Because this is a big one. This is a really big one, Slim. This is bigger the film, than Batman. It's bigger than Batman. It's. I'll say it. It's bigger than Batman. This is the movie that's been on my watch list the longest as of now. Here we go. It is Michael Mann's Heat. Oh my God. I'm telling you, bigger than Batman, right? This is a big moment. Holy cow. Holy cow. You need to get your friends over for this one. I know. This this is is going to be. Oh my God. I finally get to watch Heat. It's been years and years. I'm sweating. I'm sweating right now. Years of conversations of people being like, you haven't seen Heat. And me having to apologize because I know it's effed up that I haven't seen Heat. But I'm finally going to rectify this. Thank God. Holy wow. cow. This is wow. one of the biggest picks in the history of this show. It's on Netflix yeah. and Pluto right now. I didn't know it was on Netflix. Okay. Woo. Nice. Heat. Woo. It's getting hot in here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank 
Thanks so much for listening to Weekend Watchlist brought to you by The Letterbox Show. You can follow Mia Mitchell Slim, that's me, in our HQ page on Letterbox using the links in our episode notes. And if you have the time, maybe drop a rating for the show on Spotify or Apple as it helps spread the word about this podcast. Thanks to our crew and thanks to Letterbox member Trent Walton for the theme music, Eyes On. Thanks to Jack for the facts and Sophie Shin for the episode transcript and to you for listening. Weekend Watch List is a Tape Deck production. This, this, this is a Tape Deck Podcast.